1: Welcome to the Legal Talk Network and our show, Workers Comp Matters. This is your host, Alan Pierce. I am an attorney with the law firm of Pierce Pierce and Napolitano in Salem, Massachusetts. Our practice focuses on the representation of injured workers before the Department of Industrial Accidents. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors, CasePacer, practice management software dedicated to the busy trial attorney. To learn more, go to CasePacer.com. And also, PI Now Find a local qualified private investigator anywhere in the United States. Visit PINow.com to learn more. This edition of Workers' Comp Matters is being brought to you from the Annual Issues and Research Conference of the Workers' Compensation Research Institute. And my guest today is Dr. Rebecca Yang. Dr. Yang is a Senior Public Policy Analyst at WCRI. She is one of the lead authors of CompScope. Uh, it studies the benchmark of performance of state workers' compensation systems. She has co authored numerous studies that examine the prices paid for medical services and workers' compensation across the states, including the Medical Price Index and various other cost indices. She conducts research on the effect of fee schedule reforms in particular states such as a study that monitors the effect of the 2011 Illinois fee schedule reduction and a study that estimates the effect of California's recent fee schedule changes. She is a lead technical expert for CompScope, and she uh, received her PhD from the University of Texas at Dallas. So Dr. Yang, thank you for joining us on Workers' Comp Matters. Thank you for having me. Now, your presentation today and your research paper was entitled, The Perverse Effects of Low-Fee Schedules. So let's uh, talk first and foremost about uh, what are fee schedules, uh, whether they be high or low fee schedules.
2: Okay, that's a good uh, starting point. Um, so when we're thinking about um, fee schedules, we're thinking about those um, practical at the maximum allowable reimbursement rates that states chose to regulate their workers' comp um, um, payments for per, uh, medical providers. So the um, conceptual question is, what is a low fee schedule or a high fee schedule, or how low is too low or how high is too high? So the framework we're using to uh, think about this question is to compare the workers' comp comp fee schedule rates with the prices paid by other larger payers, for example, the uh, commercial insurance uh, group health payers and Medicare payers, because those are uh, typically the largest payers uh, in the given state. So uh, in the uh, decision-making process of a medical provider, uh, we think they are going to compare the prices paid by uh, workers' comp payers uh, with the prices that they're going to receive by treating other patients. So if the workers' comp prices is too low, then, uh, lower than the uh, prices paid by group health or Medicare level, then uh, treating an injured worker uh, will become an economical for the providers. Therefore, that may trigger an access to care concern. On the other hand, if the um, prices paid by workers' comp payers are being uh, significantly higher than the prices paid by uh, treating other patients, then the policy intention for uh, containing medical costs may be minimized.
1: You've actually hit on a subject that really hits a nerve with me and my colleagues in Massachusetts, because Massachusetts has for many years, perhaps as long as we've had workers' compensation, we have had uh, fee schedules, and everybody acknowledges, I don't think there's a single person that is involved in the workers' comp system in Massachusetts who will argue that the fee schedule is too high. Uh, I think universally, at least here, uh, everybody thinks the fee schedule is too low. And as a result, the legislature allows the doctor or the medical vendor to negotiate with the carrier. But whenever I see a topic that deals with fee schedules, It always is of interest to me because one of the chief problems I have is finding, as you you use the term, access to medical care. We have a problem, especially in different pockets of Massachusetts, where some doctors just plain, flat out will not accept a workers' compensation claimant. Has that been the experience that you have found in other jurisdictions that fee schedules that may be too low are driving practitioners out of the, the field of treating injured workers?
2: Let me uh, give you example from uh, one of the earlier studies that may answer your question. So in some jurisdictions, we do observe that happening. For example, uh, before the uh, 2003 reforms in Florida, back then they were having one of the uh, lowest fee schedules in the nation um, for um, primary care physicians and uh, surgeons. And because we also have this uh, worker uh, worker outcome survey data back then in Florida, we do observe Florida um, having uh, some of the access to care issues reported by their injured workers. So therefore in that particular case, we do have evidence on both sides seeing a low fee schedule um, correlated with an access to care issue. As to um, Massachusetts, as of now, I do not have you know the worker outcome survey data in this state, so um, we will need to collect that data too.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if this is something that is capable of being collected in terms of data, but just anecdotally and just from my practice, could one make a proposition that doctors, physicians, or medical providers that will accept uh, the lower fee schedule might tend to be the less qualified? In other words, mass- but certainly here in Boston, we are known as the hub of uh, a medical universe. We have some great teaching hospitals here in Boston. And as a result, their fee schedules would tend to be higher than even in the outlying towns in Massachusetts. Could one make a case that having lower fee schedules might mean a lower quality of care, assuming you could get the access to that care?
2: Right, so this is an important question, and people can uh, always uh, hypothesize one way or another. But as a researcher and also as, uh, you know, being with WCRI, um, we tend not to uh, speculate without having uh, a a very um, accurate data point. So um, part of our uh, worker outcome survey do cover the satisfaction uh, level of injured workers regarding the uh, type of care they received. So I think once we have um, updated data, Uh, from that survey, we should be able to evaluate that question.
1: And that that really uh, brings up an interesting point that unlike, for example, the model of Medicare or Medicaid or group health insurance or HMOs where the provider pays the, the charge for the visit, the test, or the surgery, workers' comp has other facets to it because a worker who is availing herself of medical care is generally losing time from work, and the same insurance company is paying for that. And it would seem logical that the quicker there is an improvement or maximal, maximum medical improvement or a return to work, the medical costs might pale in comparison to the other costs of indemnity benefits, weekly disability benefits, and all the other friction costs that go along with perhaps litigation or out of work, being out of work, loss of productivity by the employer, et cetera. So do you find that that adds to the complexity of, of dealing with the, the prices that doctors and medical vendors are allowed to charge, keeping in mind that there's, there's uh, an equal and opposite reaction, if I can maybe get into physics a little bit, that you might save Peter and end up paying Paul?
2: Yeah, okay. So I think that it's true that faster return to work and better recovery for uh, injured workers is a um, better solution for everyone in the workers' comp system, uh, shorter duration of temporary disability and um, better uh, outcomes. So that's why we're emphasizing here, including in today's presentation, that designing, choosing a fee schedule level is a, a very delicate balance. Right. So you cannot... Uh, choose a fee schedule that 's being too low, therefore you seems like having a saving on one side, however uh, jeopardizing the access to care but meanwhile there 's no evidence show that having a uh, really high fee schedule uh, the one being uh, significantly higher than the level of group house prices or a Medicare prices that will guarantee you have a better quality of care in the state as well and if the fee schedule level is being too high then you would on the other hand having a problem about medical cost containment so it's a very tricky balance that the uh, policy makers and stakeholders need to keep in mind and need to strike in the practice
1: and probably to uh, suggest an analogy or metaphor that I can understand. This is sort of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Either the bed is too hard or the bed is too soft. I think the central question is, how do we know when the bed is just right? It was easy for her um, uh, to just try them out. So let's talk about fee schedules because that is the sort of the rate that any given office visit, MRI, X-ray, surgical, post-surgical treatment there would be a code, a rate with that code, and a payment that matches that. Correct?
2: Yeah, in essence, that is correct.
1: And so, I guess, what is used? I know it varies from state to state. Do you use the what Medicare pays, what uh, Mass Health or Medicaid would pay? I've seen usual and customary charges, whatever that means. I don't know if that means what the market will bear. But what is is there a gold standard from which you then deviate high or low from? Is it the Medicare rate reimbursement um, or something else? I
2: don't. I don't think there's a gold standard per se, because, like you know, states have a very uh, different choices about um, how they want to base their fee schedule on. Some state based on Medicare, some state based on usually and customer charges. So, given that there's no gold standard set, we also um, published study looking at the um, comparison between the workers' comp and the um, group health prices, saying that the group health prices may be a a new benchmark, a alternative way to thinking about the workers' comp fee schedule levels. Because the logic for that is that is um, the market price for a large payer, and that is how the um, providers think about whether treating injured workers or not in their mind. Therefore, to uh, using that information as a benchmark when considering a workers' comp fee schedule might be having some advantages for that.
1: Okay, and I think this might be a good time to stress that WCRI, the Workers' Comp Research Institute, is not an advocacy company or group. You are, you basically you study all sorts of issues relating to in terms of Uh, medical and fee uh, schedules as well as a whole wide host. You don't take positions. You collect data, interpret the data, and you report. And you report it yearly at a conference such as we're at today in Boston. I that's correct?
2: That's right. right. Um, we are an uh, independent and not-for-profit organization. We report the data and we publish results on a wide variety of topics. We do not take positions and neither do we make recommendations. So we're purely doing objective, um, credible research uh, in this uh, workers' comp arena.
1: And uh, I think at this point we will take a short break uh, from our discussion. And we'll return with Rebecca Young in a few moments after a short break. So uh, we'll be right back. Case Pacer is the leading practice management
0: software for today's workers' comp and plaintiff's attorney. Named one of the fastest growing companies in America by Inc. Magazine, we've given attorneys and their staff the ability to work from anywhere on any device. By automating workflows and streamlining non revenue generating tasks, CasePacer enables firms to grow their practice at minimal cost. To see CasePacer in action, contact us today at casepacer.com. Find a pre-screened private investigator today. Visit www.pinow.com.
1: Welcome back to today's edition of Workers' Comp Matters, where I'm speaking with Rebecca Yang. She has presented a paper and the results of a study here at the Workers' Comp Research Institute Annual Issues and Research Conference entitled, The Perverse Effects of Low-Fee Schedules. Uh, The word perverse grabbed me as soon as I saw it. I'm going to make the assumption that lower fee schedules don't necessarily correlate to either better care or lower costs. So could you tell us what you meant by the rather emotionally charged word perverse?
2: Okay, so what we meant here is that we observe some adverse effect when a state having a fee schedule that's uh, relatively lower or, uh, if you will, on the low side compared to the uh, other payer's um, price level in the state. And when a state reduces the fee schedule rates or price level, we often uh, observe some unintended consequences in terms of um, providers changing their behavior uh, to raise revenue. So, by the word perverse, I think we actually meant adverse effect and unintended consequences.
1: So, if I could put that into terms that I might understand or might actually have seen, a provider who perhaps gets less than what he or she wants for a particular procedure might either add additional codes to the procedure or prescribe additional treatment that otherwise that provider might not have provided to perhaps make up the shortfall. Uh, I don't want to, again, put words in your mouth, but is, that, <laughs> uh, is there perhaps a more uh, analytical way of, of terming what I've just described? Because I think we've, we've all seen it in our practice.
2: Yeah, um, here's uh, uh, some examples. So, say in states with um, a relatively lower fee schedules, um, we often see that providers will increase the percentage of uh, office visit codes that um, build as more complex codes, therefore more expensive codes. That's one way we observe they uh, return their revenue for a office visit. Also, we saw that in the states with a lower, uh, relatively lower fee schedule rates, they tend to have more prevalent physician dispensing at the physician's office. That's another way to um, have more revenue uh, from office visits. Also, examples from studies show that when prices were reduced because of the fee schedule reforms, often you start to see providers change their behavior in terms of the billing behavior or uh, treatment behavior to increase the revenue. I'll give you an example here. So in 2003, Florida um, have this fee schedule reform that significantly reduced the prices paid for physical medicine services at hospital outpatient setting. And what happened after that is we see that the Florida hospitals uh, reduced the physical medicine services provided uh, significantly. So if we look at the percent of the claims that receiving or percent of the injured workers that are receiving their physical medicine services from hospital outpatient department after the fee schedule reduction, that decrease uh, from 2003 to 2012 is continuous and is totaled at uh, 10 percentage points. Um, so that's that kind of a behavior for changing a treatment pattern, changing a billing behavior that we're talking about here.
1: In fact, I'm going to bring up a scenario that, to me, as a lawyer who represents injured workers, sees frequently enough that it's a concern. And I want to, I'm going to ask you whether this is something that you've seen or that you're able to even capture and that is when the provider has a choice of determining or rendering an opinion whether let's say the the knee injury my client is suffering from is due to years of work or is due to the natural progression of the aging process and by going with the latter the bills will be covered by general health by health insurance or or medicare by going with the work it'll be covered by workers comp two different fee schedules, and I have run into more than one occasion where my providers are telling my client, who's reporting that the knee is hurting because of work, that this is not a work-related condition and is a condition that he's going to bill the HMO or the health insurer or Medicare, uh, so that from the get-go, my client may not even be able to get into the workers' comp system. Have you found and can you research, track that type of behavior in that nebulous gray area of the legal causation of an injury. There's medical causation and there's legal causation.
2: Okay, okay I think you're talking about um, cost shifting and... Cost shifting
1: or claim shifting, yes. And
2: uh, compensability determination here. Correct. Um, so I think... the
1: fee schedules <laughs> impact... That I guess is my right. short question. So,
2: in terms of do we have a direct study that's showing do fee schedule directly impact that kind of behavior? Um, I don't. am not aware of uh, one right now. But I think a earlier session today actually uh, kind of touched on that topic about the cost shifting. That is, um, there are a um, literature out there documenting behavior like this. The condition is when there is a workers comp fee schedule that's lower than the HMO plans or um, other um, group health plans, then there might be incentive for providers to uh, especially for soft tissue injuries to recognize that injury as more as a cumulative rather than the worker related. I think there's a, some literature out there um, document that. And also the opposite may also happen. So if in the state that the workers comp prices, fee schedules are much higher than you know the group health plan, one might one whether there's incentive for providers to recognize uh, soft tissue or cumulative injuries more likely to be work-related than the, uh, um, you know, cumulative nature by itself. So the earlier session in the conference today, uh, Dr. Victor from our uh, institute presented the uh, results from a, a new study that's looking at the uh, Affordable Care Act That's comparing the plan uh, based upon the Affordable Care Act versus the workers' comp fee for service. And then uh, one of the findings, I think, is there is a likelihood for the states using the uh, captive plan, if you will. Commonly, that may be there is a tendency that they may observe the cost shifting from the captive plan to the workers' comp plan, which is the fee for service Mm -hmm. plan.
1: Yeah, and I think the point Dr. Victor was making in his presentation that the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, we've all been waiting to see what effect that would have on workers' comp in general and in specifically access to medical care. And I think the point Dr. Victor was making in his his study is that the Affordable Care Act might lead to a higher number of patients whose Visits will be compensated, I guess, on a capitation basis mm-hmm. as opposed to a fee for service basis. So it could be more profitable for the doctor to turn this to uh, make this a workers' comp case than a case captive mm-hmm. case. Yeah. So the perverse effect is far reaching. I think you know, one would normally think lower fee schedules then correlate to lower costs. But I think what you're demonstrating is the perversity of that is it leads to recapturing those costs in other fashions.
2: In a, In a yeah, sense, yeah.
1: How, how about um, high fee schedules? Is there a, any type of a perverse effect there, uh, except maybe driving more and more people to more and more doctors to treat?
2: I think um, the perverse, in a sense, we're thinking what was the policy intention to begin with. So, okay, so an important policy intention for any type of fee schedules, I think, is to contain the medical cost. Meanwhile, to ensure the injured workers access to care. So anything deviated from the, the original initial um, policy intention, I think we can call it adverse effect or perverse effect. So for the high fee schedule end, I think that's uh, directly... Um, having a adverse effect on uh, containing the medical cost because if the fee schedule rates for workers' comp being so high, that's significantly higher than any other larger payers paying for the same service in the state, then uh, one may wonder the um, policy goal for containing medical costs in the workers' comp system, whether that's being minimized or not. Okay, I'm
1: so. going to ask you a question that I just don't know the answer uh, to, and, and I don't know if it's something that uh, you are aware of, and if so, how do you study it I mentioned earlier that Massachusetts has a fee schedule generally considered to be a, on the low side but it has the ability to have the doctor or hospital negotiate a higher fee is that the exception is that the minority view in other states. Uh, can you speak to that at all?
2: A different states have a different uh, regulation on that. Massachusetts being one of those uh, allow people to negotiate above fee schedule. Some other states also have that happen in the practice, but in some other states they have a very restrictive rule saying the fee schedule uh, maximum allowable uh, rates need to be the ceiling. Therefore, you cannot negotiate above. So it really depends on which jurisdictions' uh, choice about their regulation.
1: Are you able to? draw any conclusions or would you be able to share those conclusions as to whether having the ability for the parties to negotiate on an individual basis might get us closer to that comfortable bed uh, balancing access to care and fair price and good treatment for the patient?
2: Well, I don't think I can really say that is the key to the uh, complicated issue, but um, what we observed is once a in the state that have a uh, relatively low fee schedule and in the state that Freezing the fee schedule for a long time, therefore the uh, prices reflected in the fee schedule is detached from the market practice, if you will. Um, then negotiation tend to happen more frequently and tend to happen in the larger degree. So, and,
1: and do you find the states that have the most uh, positive satisfaction among all the stakeholders the states that allow negotiation, or is it impossible to draw that conclusion? Um,
2: I think it's nearly impossible for me to draw that conclusion because if, all the different parties have very very different uh, uh, agendas <laughs> and, and, and and their measures for their satisfaction here. So
1: and are can you point to any state or particular model that could be replicated by other states? Or is again is are there too many variables?
2: Well, I think each state. Pretty much face a unique set of variables here, so it's very hard for me to say this would be the uh, gold model for uh, every state that would work. Some states have a very, you know, different states have tend to have very different uh, political environment. I was
1: just going to bring up the P word. It <laughs> <laughs> all comes down to politics, doesn't it? In the, at the end of the day,
2: and different history about how things evolved um, over time, and different strengths between parties. So it's very hard to say, and sometimes geographic difference and um,
1: economic uh, differences of the states. Exactly, Exactly.
2: industries That's all um, play a big part in this kind of complicated play out here so I I cannot really say which one is the GOAT model here.
1: Well, Dr. Rebecca Yang, I'd like to thank you for being a guest today on Workers' Comp Matters. I want to thank you for the research you've done in the past and the research and the presentation that you presented today. Thank you. If anybody wants to learn more about WCRI, Dr. Yang's study or any of the other studies that were presented, you can contact the Workers' Comp Research Institute in Cambridge. And uh, for Workers' Comp Matters, this is Alan Pierce. Hope you go out and make it a day that matters. Goodbye.
0: Thanks for listening to Workers' Comp Matters today on the Legal Talk Network, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, where we try to make a difference in workers' comp legal cases for people injured at work. Be sure to listen to other Workers' Comp Matters shows on the Legal Talk Network. Your only choice for legal talk.